Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a fantastic time together, gathering to worship today. Uh, it's great to be together worshiping at Easter time, um, and particularly the idea of coming now because this is the most important time of the year, at least I think it is, um, when we reflect on our whole identity and the whole kind of beginnings of the church uh, at Easter time. Now, I've been kind of trying to encourage people over the last few weeks uh, to do that thing that Paul does, where he kind kind of takes the future or the eternal kind of perspective of God and he pulls it into the present when he says things like, you know, I am buried with Christ or I have died with Christ and now I am raised with him to a new life. And that whole sense of kind of appropriating that right now in the present moment. Um, so that as we come to reflect on uh, this Good Friday, that we're kind of drawing it close to us uh, as if we're actually back there again. And in some ways, uh, we have the fragments of us gathering together, which are tangible pieces of history that are present right now uh, that take us all the way back to Jesus in the sense that if it wasn't for the crucifixion, we wouldn't be here today and we wouldn't be gathering here today. But so these are tangible things that are in the present that remind us or draw us back to the past. Um, so I want to encourage you uh, to do that as we worship together this morning and as we hear from God's Word. Uh, but if you've been reflecting coming up to Easter, and, and you can be forgiven for being distracted by a world p pandemic, um, but if you've been reflecting, uh, I don't know about you, but I always have this kind of mixed, complex emotions coming up to Easter. The sense of Good Friday and and well, is it really good in the sense that we kind of see here that we have all these mixed emotions uh, about, is it a good Friday? Uh, is it a, a tragic Friday? Uh, because when we stop and reflect on it, you think, well, it's tragic in the sense that an innocent man was killed, that Jesus was guilty of no crimes. The only thing he was guilty of was doing good and challenging the status quo in his day. And yet, because of the kind of jealousy and the pride uh, of the Sanhedrin and the elders, the, the chief priests of the day, and because of the, the uh, political indifference of Pilate and the mob rule on the day, Jesus was actually sentenced to death on that day. And that, that's a kind of great tragedy. And yet, at the same time, as we've been talking about, none of this was outside Jesus' control. That Jesus had agency in this the whole way through, right from the beginning where he rides the donkey up um, on the Palm Sunday um, with a great procession coming in crying Hosanna to the turning of the tables uh, in the temple where he kind of causes a great disruption and stir and uh, to the fact that he didn't answer Pilate's questions to ensure that he would be crucified on uh, the next day with the Passover coming so that it could be reinterpreted. So all those Old Testament prophecies were fulfilled uh, and Jesus being crucified at this time meant then the whole reinterpretation of the Passover feast and the new covenant, the kind of uh, the continuity between the old and the new and Jesus introducing the new covenant. Um, so we get all of that as we're coming into Easter and the mixed emotions that come with that. And that's just thinking about the event. But then when we think about the actual, what it means personally to us, we've got this thing again of mixed emotions that Jesus being crucified is because of me. It's my sin. 
It's my guilt, it's my rebellion against God that actually causes Jesus to go to the cross. That's, what, that's why Jesus chooses to take this road so that I could be forgiven in that sense. Um, and so you've got that mixed emotions in here that this is about me, um, but also at the same time that Jesus freely chose this that makes the, the cross a symbol of, of God's love and his mercy and his grace towards us. And so as you can see, it's a whole mixed bag of things uh, coming into Easter. But that's okay. We need to be able to sit in that space and live with the kind of complexity of those things uh, as we worship together this morning. And that's what I want to do. I want to kind of focus this morning a little bit on a passage um, in actual fact, uh, the, the song or the clip just before I started this morning, uh, it was the passage I want to look at today, which is Isaiah 53. And this is one of those brilliant passages that within three verses, we get the kind of uh, the seeds of the whole thing around the gospel. Uh, and it's so brilliantly explained in terms of what is going on here. So let's see if we can have a look at this together. Now, if you've got a Bible there, uh, grab your Bible and open it up at Isaiah 53. And we're just going to look at verses 4 through to 6. Um, all right, let's have a look at this. So we've got verse 4 where it says, Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now, this is actually an amazing passage when you think about it. That almost two and a half, or more than two and a half thousand years ago, Isaiah penned this prophecy predicting Jesus' death um, of the, the suffering servant. And then it's relevant to both Isaiah's time, it's relevant to Jesus' time, and it's relevant to our time as well. Um, so let's see if we can have a look at this in a little more detail and see what's so important about this passage. So if we look at this part, the first part where it says this, Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. Now what's important about this is that Isaiah is trying to speak to an audience who still hasn't come to terms with the fact that their exile was down to their rebellion against God. They had somehow still not got hold of that, that deep truth that it was because of their actions that God had taken them into exile. And the same goes for um, in Jesus' time where the Pharisees and the, and the uh, the chief priests and the elders, uh, they, they couldn't understand this whole thing. And they were kind of looking as if Jesus had been punished by God because he was cursed by God. And that's that bit there where it says, verse 4, where it says, Yet we considered him. And that we is both the people in Isaiah's time and the people uh, in Jesus' time considered him, the, the, um, 
the servant, the suffering servant, uh, him to be punished by God. And because if you understand the Old Testament again uh, and some of the things out of Deuteronomy where it says, cursed is he uh, who is killed on a tree. And this whole idea that if Jesus was being crucified, that God had forsaken him and they didn't really get the fact that no, this was all in God's plan and that it was for our pain and our suffering that Jesus went to the cross. Now, when it says our pain and suffering, it's not the, the, the kind of storms and the struggles of life, the difficulties of life, that pain and, and suffering. No, it's talking about the pain and the suffering you and I and the people in Isaiah's time and the people in Jesus' time should have actually received for rebelling against God and for sinning and for our corruption in the world. And so that's what I is trying to get across with, where he says, surely he took it up. And this sense of, because they don't get it and they're not getting it. And so he's kind of trying to point them back to say, hey, rethink this. It's because of us. And then he, he actually makes it clearer. Let's have a look at this next part uh, in verse five. He, he makes it perfectly clear when he says, no, but it, well, he was pierced for our transgressions and our iniquities. You see, and we've got to get this. This is the important thing about the cross. If we don't get that it's because of our sin and our iniquities, we are going to miss the significance of what's going on here completely. And in fact, that was the problem. Uh, as I was alluding to before in Isaiah's day, they didn't think it was because of them. And in Jesus' time, that was a problem with John the Baptist and why the chief priests and the elders rejected his message because they didn't think they needed to hear it. They thought they were good people. They were saying, well, I'm not a murderer. You know, I'm not an adulterer. I haven't robbed anybody. You know, I'm not a prostitute. And a kind of whole list of moral failings that they could say, well, I haven't done those, but why should God need, for, why should I need forgiving? In fact, the, the sense that they were doing all the right things was the thing that was blinding them from seeing the significance of what Isaiah is trying to get across here and the message of Jesus in his day. And even today that goes on today. There are people who miss the whole thing of the cross and see it as completely absurd or they see it as Jesus just got caught up in some political drama um, and it was a tragic accident that he was actually killed and they miss it because they don't think they need it. They don't think they need the cross. They haven't done anything wrong. I haven't actually ripped anyone off. I haven't murdered anyone. But the whole bag of moral things they don't think they've done but they've missed the point that it's our rebellion against God. It's all the things that collectively we've done over our lifetime which are an offense to God and which actually corrupt everything. Now, even if you think about this, when has there ever been a time in history where humanity has managed to get put together a society, a group, a tribe that hasn't ended up exploiting or um, hurting and destroying people, oppressing people? I challenge you to find a group somewhere in all of human history. I doubt that you'll be able to find it because there's something broken in us and we have to get that. And, let, and Isaiah makes this clear as well in this ne next, uh, next verse in verse 6. And again, this is why this is such a brilliant passage. Look in verse 6 where he says this, For all like sheep have gone astray. 
And it says, nobody is excused from this. Nobody is exempt from this. No one actually meets the mark and reaches perfection. And that's what the issue is here. We have all gone our own way and done our own thing. And that is the offense. And that's what the problem is in all this. And we have to recognize that if we're going to kind of enter into and understand what the cross is about. And we have to come to it with this sense, if I use this picture, that we own our own sin. We own our own failings, our own brokenness in this. And we don't try to excuse it and we don't try to pretend it doesn't exist and we don't try to minimize it, but we actually take hold of it and say, yes, I am a broken person. Because when we do that, we actually start to understand the necessity of the cross. Now, there's another thing going on here in Isaiah as well, um, and we haven't got time to look into that this morning, but there's a collective thing going as well. And I was alluding to that a little bit when I was talking about name a time in history when groups of people get together that they haven't oppressed someone or they haven't actually done injustices uh, to other people. And we've all done it in small ways sometime in our lives where we've treated other people bad. But we won't get into that today. What the point of all this is, is to recognize that it's our transgressions and our sins that caused Jesus to go to the cross. And when you come to that point and you feel the deep sadness and sorrow and shame for that, then you've actually understood the cross. You've actually understood what Easter's about. And that's great. That's the right response uh, to Jesus and the cross. And if you don't get that, I want to suggest that you dig deeper into this and really do some self-reflection. Because I think there's three things going on. If you're not feeling that sadness and that sorrow and that shame for your own personal contribution to Jesus' death, then there's a couple of things I think might be going on. One is you're just on autopilot. You're just kind of cruising through life, um, you know, like you're driving to work uh, and you suddenly get to work and you want, oh, you know, I'm, j- I'm here. And you haven't kind of thought about how you got there. You didn't notice what was on the road and what was going on around you. You kind of were just traveling in autopilot. And maybe that's what's going on to you. And so I want to encourage you to kind of s- slow down a little bit and reflect on your part uh, in this whole thing of the crucifixion. Or secondly, maybe, maybe you're like some of the people in Jesus' day and in uh, Isaiah's day and even today people who think, well, I haven't done anything that bad. So there's no real deep sense of regret and shame. You know? and, and what I want to encourage you to do is, yeah, I'm not saying you're a murderer or a rapist or, or done anything bad, but that sense of we have all rebelled at some point. We've all contributed at some point to the suffering of others. And that in itself is enough to kind of be worthy of this sense of sadness and uh, sorrow for your part that's played uh, in the way the world is and the mess that it is. Or thirdly, and this is the one I'm most in danger of doing, is I've actually externalized the whole thing. I've externalized the cross as a theological concept, that it's part of a bigger framework, part of the whole of redemption history, part of the whole narrative of the scripture, and I'm in danger of just making it into an idea and, and losing the whole thing, that it's not an idea, it's an event. It's a personal thing. This happened, and Jesus suffered and died for me, not just an idea in a bigger theological concept. And so I'd, I'd encourage you to dig deeper into this. If you're not feeling that sense uh, of guilt and shame and sorrow for this moment that Jesus had to go through for you. 
Now, the other side of that is, and if you don't have that deep sense of sorrow, then you miss the depths of forgiveness that comes, that's also part of the symbol of the cross. Now, Isaiah brilliantly does this as well. Look, let's go back to verse 5. Now we see here again where, G, uh, where Isaiah says, but he was pierced for our transgressions and was crushed for our iniquity. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. And so Isaiah is then giving us this symbolism again that Jesus' death and resurrection or death, his death on the cross is a symbol of God's grace and mercy towards us. So not only do we have this sense of guilt and shame for our part in it, but there's also the, the symbolism of this should give us great hope, um, some great security, that great sense, great sense of relief um, that God has forgiven us for all these things and that's what comes through in the cross. And so when Isaiah is saying, brought us peace and, and we are healed, just to get, get into that a little bit more from Isaiah's perspective he's talking about this idea of peace where we're not at enmity with God this idea that once we're in sync with God and we're in good relationship with God everything else falls into place it's part of the, the Hebrew idea of shalom um, and that when you get this right and when God you've got God's favor everything else in your life starts to fall into place now, that's not to say there isn't difficulties, because there's always difficulties, but there is a deep underlying sense that you're in God's will and you're heading in the right direction. And that's what Isaiah is referencing when he talks about this peace. And the same thing when he's talking about we are healed, that sense we are healed of the suffering and hardship uh, of being at enmity with God and being in that relationship with God. When it's broken, it causes us deep pain, and when it's healed or when it's fixed up, brings healing to us. And that's what Isaiah is getting at and it's also again the collective stuff I didn't want to really get into but going back into the land and the healing from that as well that's what Isaiah is getting on about so there's two parts to this one is owning our own part in why Jesus went to the cross and the deep shame and the deep uh, sorrow we should feel for that but also the symbolism of of God's love and his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness that is poured out to us. And what a great thing that is. And what amazing thing that is. And so it's such a complex mixed bag of emotions um, that we're kind of feeling as we go into today and we worship and reflect on this today. But I want to encourage you to, to sit in that moment, to actually feel those things and to reflect on those things. In actual fact, we're going to have a time of communion together this morning, uh, which is actually a real opportunity for us to come to God and ask forgiveness, to reflect on some of the things that stand out in our our minds. Now, I know I've got lots of things in my mind where I've got it wrong, where I've done the wrong thing, where I've hurt other people uh, that I need to repent of and need to bring those things to God. And that's why um, Jesus died on the cross. So we're going to take communion together. So if you haven't got it already prepared, I know Glenda mentioned it earlier. Um, but if you haven't had a chance to get it prepared, you might want to run and uh, do that now. Uh, while I'm just mentioning how we're going to kind of do this, uh, we're going to take the bread and we're going to take the wine um, together. I'll just give a little bit of time in between um, saying uh, what Jesus said in the scriptures, a little bit of time for people to reflect uh, as we break the bread and eat it, and a little bit of time to reflect as we hold the cup and then we drink it. And then... 
in that time, the point of that is, is to reflect on our part to play in all this and to feel that deep sense of sadness um, and to seek God's forgiveness in there that but then we're going to have a song which is a a bit of a doxology that kind of picks up on the second part of the symbolism uh, in the cross and that is that God's face will shine on us he will be with us and he's redeemed us um, for a reason and he wants to bless us and be with us uh, as we go into the future together so that's what we're kind of doing this morning now I hope you've had a chance uh, to go and get the bread and the wine Um, but if I just grab that And if we just hold the bread up here for a moment and we reflect on what Jesus was saying. After the meal, sorry, on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body given for you. Take it and eat it in remembrance of me. And in doing that, he was reinterpreting again the Passover feast and the torn up lamb as they passed it around to eat it. And so take the bread now and eat it. And I'll just give you a few minutes uh, to reflect on where you're at with God and to seek God's forgiveness uh, at this time. And then, at the end of the meal, Jesus took the cup and he said, This is my blood poured out for you, the new covenant in my name. Take this and drink it in remembrance of me. So when you're ready, we'll just have a time to reflect. You can drink together at home and then I'll finish with a prayer. Father, we thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy that was poured out at the cross. We thank you for Jesus' broken body for us. We thank you for the blood that was poured out for us. It was my iniquities, it was my transgressions that meant Jesus had to go to the cross. Father, we thank you for these this morning. And we are eternally grateful for them. Amen. All righty. We're just going to hear this song. And so this is an opportunity again just to let God speak to your heart.
uh, to listen to the words, let God speak to you and whatever might resonate with you in this song. It's just an opportunity to be reminded again that not only is that the cross a symbol of our sin and our brokenness, but it's also a symbol of God's love towards us.